Hey guys, it's Halls. I just wanted to talk to you guys before we start the episode about a little app I've been checking out called Wisdom. Wisdom is this cool app that you can get on your app store that allows you to host and attend uh, various different live broadcasts and chats. And I'm actually going to be hosting one on Wisdom this Sunday, December 5th at 1 o'clock Central Time. So that would be 11 Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern. Um, That's this Sunday, December 5th. (coughs) And uh, you can go over there. You can follow me at Blue Harvest Pod, just like all of our other social media accounts. And there will also be a link in the show notes below where you can come and follow as well. Um, so come check it out, download the wisdom app, follow me. You'll get a notification any kind, anytime I go live and I'm really excited to give it a shot. Um, we'll be talking, you know, star Wars, um, and we'll also be taking any questions and, uh, we can, you know, uh, enable other people in the audience to speak. So I think it'll be really cool. Once again, that's the wisdom app. Check out the link in the show notes for my profile and a big thank you to wisdom for sponsoring this episode for my ally is the force and the powerful ally it is life creates it makes it grow its energy surrounds us and binds us luminous beings shall we not this crude matter you must the force around you, you, between you, me, between the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. Strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 327 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt, and it's just me this week. Oh no. Oh no. It's a it's a solo episode, you guys. I haven't done one of these on the regular Blue Harvest feed in a long, long time. So, uh, here we go. Sorry. Uh, Will... And his family are at Disney this week, hanging out, enjoying things. I'm sure they're going to Galaxy's Edge, not making me jealous at all. No, sir, not at all. So, uh, yeah, it's just me and uh, Jesse and I, unfortunately, we have to go out of town this weekend to attend my my grandmother's funeral. So I kind of wanted to go ahead and knock this episode out 
because I didn't want to miss another week. We've kind of missed a couple um, in the last couple of months. And if it wasn't for that, it probably would have taken this week off. But not only that, we've also got an ad to run this week, which is exciting. Um, So, yeah, you know, I figured I'd just uh, chat with you guys for a little while. We'll do a solo episode and hopefully it doesn't all fall apart. Um, So uh, I feel like we've got some cool stuff to talk about this week. Uh, we will, I'm not going to just sit here and babble about the last Star Wars vision short. I'm going to wait till next week when Will is here to, uh, to help me out with that. But we've got some interesting casting news and rumors that have been going around. There's been a couple of new pieces of Book of Boba Fett promotional stuff happening. So... You know, things are ramping up. We're getting into Book of Boba Fett season. In fact, as of recording this, I think we're like 29 days, 28 days or something away from it finally coming out, which I never thought I'd see the day. So real quickly, before we get into all of that, how about you guys follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you really enjoy the show, you can support us for as little as $3 a month uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. I just posted an episode talking about the two newest Book of Boba Fett teasers on the Patreon feed, and we've got some other cool stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, You can also get access to, if look, if you really like this episode, let me tell you, there's a lot of Oh No, It's Hall Solo going on over there on the Patreon. We've also got Cooking with Will, Jaws with me and Jesse, Podula Rasa with me and Emily Lind, Star Wars Year by Podcast with me and Steel, uh, Masters of Harvest Kasi with King Tom. Did I mention that one already? I don't know. I really need someone else here to bounce this stuff off of. Otherwise, it just gets a little dicey. Uh, we got Blue Harvest Adventures. We've got you know instant reactions to The Mandalorian Season 2 and The Bad Batch. And of course, I will be doing that for The Book of Boba Fett. So if any of that sounds like something you'd be into, go on over to Blue Harvest Patreon <laughs> And that's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to all of our patrons. You guys are the best. So why don't we talk about the Book of Boba Fett stuff first. Um, In the last few days, we have uh, gotten a couple of extra teasers. Little 30 second teasers. Um, You know, I've seen a lot of people... Sort of wondering, like, hey, couldn't we, we have gotten one of these on Disney Plus Day? It would have been something. To which I say, I agree. It would have been nice to get that. Uh, but regardless, I'm stoked that uh, we are starting to see some stuff come out. Um, I just sort of sat down and uh, watched them sort of scene by scene for the Patreon. And the thing that kind of stuck out to me is, like, you know, obviously they're both just little 30-second teaser videos and you know neither of them feature 
a ton of new footage. That that's kind of the Star Wars promotion way, right? If you think back to like the TV ads and stuff we got for the sequel trilogy movies and Rogue One and Solo, they would mostly be footage we'd already seen with a couple of nuggets of extra new footage in there. Until like I don't know if you guys remember this, there was one for The Last Jedi that showed Rey with Kylo Saber from where she calls it to herself in the throne room fight. Uh, and I remember when that hit, people were like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, you're just going to show that in a TV ad? And I don't think we've really gotten to that point with the book of Boba Fett. But I am starting to wonder, like, at some point, am I going to have to not watch all of these because they're giving too much stuff away? I don't really know. Um, there were a few things of note, though, uh, specifically in the rain teaser that they released there is a scene with boba and fennec in what appears to be like the hangar of jabba's palace uh with uh boba's starship in the background and boba is wearing the black robes that he's wearing when he first shows up in mandalorian season two so i think that is as far as i can remember and uh you know Sometimes my memory isn't the greatest, but as far as I can remember, that's the first sort of concrete evidence I've seen at least that we are in fact going to be getting flashbacks in this show. <clears throat> um, I personally assume that it's going to be Bobic and Bobic. Bobic. That's their. I guess that's like their um, their celebrity couple name, Bobic. It's going to be Boba and Finnick going and retrieving slave one um, before they go and hunt down Din to get Boba's armor back. And I wonder how they do that. Like, how do they sneak into Jabba's palace around the creepy eyes of Bib Fortuna? Granted, when Boba went into that, that, uh, that palace to take care of Bib, at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, it didn't seem like the most heavily guarded, did it? So, um, that's interesting. Um, and then, in the second trailer, or teaser, which is titled Message, um, we get a new bit of Boba dialogue where he says, I am Boba Fett, uh, left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. Great line. And when that line plays in the teaser, we see Boba in what appears to be probably like a back-to-tank type situation. He's submerged in water. He's got some sort of breathing device on. And I assume that that is probably that device that we talked about on this, uh, this very show with Will that's to the right of Boba in the scene where he's putting his armor on, where the little droid guy hands him his helmet. So I think once Boba gets settled into Jabba's palace, he starts, you know, doing a little self-care. A little treat yourself. Taking care of some of those face scars and growing his eyebrows back. Um, you know, and there were definitely some other shots in both of them that were new. You know, there's a shot of like some assassins running across the rooftops in Tatooine. Um seems to be the same faction or group of people that we see Boba and Finnick standing off against with the energy shields 
And clearly that doesn't go well for those guys based on that one scene of Boba going berserk mode with whatever uh, melee weapon it is that he has there. So I think um, I think it's cool. I mean, we got two teasers within a few days. <laughs> and I imagine there's more on the way. Still pretty convinced um, that it's all, you know, very early episode type stuff. First couple of episodes. And granted, that's an easy thing to say because that's how they've promoted the Mandalorian so far. So why would they change it up for the Book of Boba Fett? I guess I'm not really going out on much of a limb there. But then Monday, we also got character posters for Boba Fett and Fennec Shand and a confirmation of how many episodes the Book of Boba Fett is going to be. The Book of Boba Fett is going to be seven episodes long. Hey man, can't complain there. That's seven episodes of Boba Fett. I know there were rumors going around, I guess, that the series would be nine episodes instead of eight. Um, like the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. But no need to speculate or wonder about rumors now because we just straight up know it's seven episodes. Let's see, how long will that mean? Let's do something here. Let's let's do my favorite thing. Let's try to do some math. So if the first episode comes out on the 29th, right? That means the second episode will be the 5th of January. The third episode will be the 12th. Fourth episode will be the 19th. Fifth episode will be the 26th. Sixth episode will be the 2nd of February. And then Book of Boba Fett will wrap up on February 9th. So that puts us into like the second week of February. So if Book of Boba Fett, and this is assuming they don't like double up episodes or anything, because they did that with Hawkeye, right? Didn't they release the first two episodes on the same day or something like that? Maybe the same week? I can't remember. I haven't seen Hawkeye yet. Lots, lot, there's a lot going on. Um, but in, and I think they probably did that so they wouldn't have the last episode of Hawkeye airing the same day as the first episode of Book of Boba Fett, right? So if that's the case and they do seven weeks back to back, then what if, Shortly after that, we get one of the Marvel shows. Um, I don't know which one is most likely to come out next after Hawkeye. I know, you know, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Miss Marvel all seem to be sort of wrapped with filming. You know, their their filming is done, so it could be any one of those. If one of those comes out, will that run you know, sort of February to April. Yeah, I think we're... Okay, so this is my prediction, right? Book of Boba Fett will wrap up in February. Then within a couple of weeks after that, the next Marvel show will start. That'll run to like, you know, mid-April, end of April. And then what does that leave? That leaves us with May the 4th open, which is a Wednesday this year. And Disney Plus has started releasing stuff on Wednesday. Is that 
I know it's been rumored. I know there have been rumors that that's when Kenobi is going to come, is around May the 4th. So I kind of think, like, just looking at the calendar and how things are going to potentially release, it doesn't seem that unlikely. And then what is it? That leaves us with Bad Batch Season 2, Cassian, which I think, based on, like, that investor's call that happened around the time of Disney Plus Day, um, they indicated somewhere maybe in the August around August based on the the financial quarter they said that was going to release on. So will we get, you know, just roughly, will we have Boba Fett sort of starting 2022, then the Bad Batch, then Cassian in August. And I want to say Cassian's supposed to be 10 episodes. I think it's supposed to be the longest of the live action series so far. And then once Cassian wraps, does that mean then we end the year with Mandalorian season three. I think that makes the most sense. I kind of feel like we'll get bad batch post Obi-Wan, but between Obi-Wan and Cassian and then, okay, let's see. Yeah. And then Cassian will wrap and you know, there's going to be Marvel shows and stuff. I still don't see how they're going to avoid having some sort of crossover, meaning like at some point there's not going to be a Star Wars show that airs at the same time as a Disney Plus show. They just have so much in the works and set to be released. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, sort of their two biggest brands compete like that. I wonder how that'll go. Or if they'll even do that, or if they're just... (coughs) keep them separated um yeah regardless you know look would i have loved nine episodes of boba fett of course but i'm also not looking to be greedy like i spent all this time hoping and praying for a boba fett show that i am not going to be the one to be like oh man it's only seven episodes this sucks Because who knows? We could maybe even get a season two. Not going to be greedy. Just going to try and be happy with one season. Not looking to get burned. Getting my heart broken. So, um, yeah, um, that's sort of the big promotional stuff. And then, interestingly, I wonder, do you guys remember back in 2018, right around the time solo released in fact I remember exactly what I was doing where I was who I was with when I saw the news but the rumor and I believe it came from Hollywood Reporter was that James Mangold was signed on to direct a Boba Fett movie in fact I think this rumor came out like the day solo released because Jesse Will and myself We're in California hanging out with friend of the podcast, Aaron Boyd, uh, the day we were all going to go see Solo at the theater. And we had gotten out of our rental car. I think we were going to check out like a comic book store or something. We were just kind of killing time until it was time to meet up and go see Solo. And I was checking, I was scrolling through my Twitter and I was getting lit up with notifications, people tagging me in 
the Hollywood Reporter article about James Mangold. And that's always been kind of a question, right? And to the point where, like, I even think last year there was a rumor that James Mangold was going to be a director for a season two episode of The Mandalorian. And then when Robert Rodriguez was brought on to, you know, direct the episode where Boba Fett comes back, there was, he said in an interview or something like, a director had to drop out sort of last minute and then they brought him in. And I think a lot of people kind of wondered like, oh, well, was that James Mangold that had to drop out? And it kind of just seemed like it all lined up, right? With the rumor that was never confirmed, we never heard anything about it. And then the fact that it was such a Boba Fett-centric episode, I think a lot of people just sort of assumed and put two to two together. Well... In Empire Magazine, Kathleen Kennedy uh, mentioned that at no point James were they working with James Mangold concerning Boba Fett. Obviously, he's working with them now. He's directing the fifth Indiana Jones movie. But it's interesting to see her kind of, uh, you know, debunk that rumor that just kept going for so long and people wondered about I wondered about I always wondered what happened with the James Mangold Boba Fett thing obviously after Solo didn't do great at the box office it seemed like you know maybe if that was a thing it got put on the back burner because they didn't feel like character focused movies were the way to go or whatever it was so yeah I don't know it, I, I did find that fascinating um, you know, she did bring up Josh Trank also who we, I mean, that was confirmed. He was, he was definitely hired or whatever to work on a star Wars movie before he quit or let go or pooped on a floor or whatever it was that that dude did, um, to get him out of the good graces of Lucasfilm. But she did mention that like, even the process with him didn't get that far along uh, before he quit or let go, was let go or whatever it was. So, you know, it's kind of fascinating to see these things that we've wondered about for a couple years now, a few years now, um, be brought up and sort of um, debunked or addressed or however you want to call it. In that same interview, Kathleen Kennedy also mentioned that they had not even gotten to the writing process of Rangers of the New Republic and that the story elements for that proposed series would be folded into what she called the next iteration of The Mandalorian, which I thought was neat, or not neat, but like interesting, the wording of it, the next iteration of the Mandalorian. And I just assume she means season three, but who knows? Like, why wouldn't you just say the next season of the Mandalorian? So it looks like Rangers of the New Republic is as a standalone show is no more, but it looks like the story that they wanted to tell in that show will be sort of folded into the Mandalorian and maybe Mandalorian related shows going forward so you know 
I'll be honest, just like of all the things they announced on that Disney Investors Day last year, Rangers of the New Republic was sort of only interesting to me because it was related to the Mandalorian, if that makes sense. Like the only interest I had in it was like, oh, it's another show sort of set in this connected Mandalorian thing. You know, things like Ahsoka was more interesting to me. Obi-Wan, Cassian, those are more interesting to me. Um, The Acolyte, nailed it. Um, More interesting to me. Uh, You know, so Rangers of the New Republic was never really high on my list of interest. But I'm also the kind of guy that's just going to take, give me any Star Wars you want to give me. Give me as much Star Wars as you possibly can and I'll watch it. So I would have definitely checked it out. But I'm also not super bummed uh, that it seems like it's not getting its own dedicated show. So we have a couple of other things. Speaking of Mandalorian-related shows, it really seems like uh, casting and stuff is pretty heavily underway for Ahsoka. Um, This week... It was reported by Deadline that Ivana Sanko has joined the Disney Plus series. Um, and let's see. Let's see what they said. I believe they described it as a newly created role. And I believe they probably reported it that way <laughs> as to distinguish her from probably some roles we're going to be seeing that are going to be cast for already established characters, right? Um, uh, yeah, the article says uh, here she will play a newly created character. So that's cool. Uh, I've seen a lot of people speculating that perhaps she could be a chess, which would be cool. You assume, you know, that Thrawn is probably going to be a pretty big component of this show given. Uh, that Ahsoka's looking for him in the Mandalorian season too. So it would also make sense that we would see more than one Chiss. Um, But I guess that time will tell. (laughs) And then we also got a rumor from, let me find it. Um, Ah, here we go. Also from Deadline, it has been reported that Natasha Liu has been cast as Sabine Wren for the Ahsoka series. Uh, You know, I don't find it that surprising that Sabine is going to be in this show if this rumor turns out to be true. I mean, we just, a few minutes ago, we're talking about the James Mangold thing and how Hollywood Reporter... Uh, was seemingly wrong about that. So, you know, any of this stuff could turn out not to be true. But um, not surprising that Sabine is going to be in the show. Uh, You know, given Ahsoka's connection to Sabine, especially there at the end of Star Wars Rebels, I think this is kind of what we've all been expecting. It's just been a matter of time before we hear who gets the role or whatnot. So... It's exciting to see the wheels in motion, though. 
And it looks like the Ahsoka show was going to be filming before too long, I'd say in the next couple of months, right? And uh, so what does that mean? So if that starts filming in like February or March next year, are we looking at like a 2023 release for Ahsoka? Is that too early? Like... Because we know we're getting, hmm, so next year, right? Yeah, I, I okay. I don't see it, like if they start filming in February or March, I don't see it releasing in 2022. Um, especially given like how I think The Mandalorian is going to end off the the year on Disney+, Plus, at least for Star Wars. So I think maybe it'll be the sort of earlier in the year or springtime for 2023 that will get Ahsoka. And then, you know, the rumors are that the, the Acolyte is, is filming next year as well. So that would probably be 2023 as well. So, I mean, things are starting to line up for the future. And that's not even, you know, talking about the Lando show that we haven't heard a whole lot about since it was announced. I'm just going to assume and hope that things are uh, going well behind the scenes. And then there seems to be an awful lot of rumor stuff going around about something to do with the sequel trilogy characters coming back in some form. So it seems that things are in the works. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy in that Empire article even mentioned that there's a few more things in the works that they haven't talked about yet that are probably, you know, a little earlier in the process um, that they haven't announced yet. So, you know, it seems like we've got a lot of Star Wars on deck uh, in the next few years. Um, If we could just figure out this fucking movie thing, man, I really need to know about that 2023 movie. I really want there to... Is it too much to ask? I don't think so. The occasional Star Wars theatrical release, along with, uh, you know, a, a couple, a few couple, Koopy, uh, Disney Plus shows. I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, casting for, like I said, Ahsoka seems to be underway. That's not even including the rumored casting that's been going on, I'd say, for the last year or even longer. Well, I guess year, because it was just towards the end of the year that they announced the Ahsoka show. So things seem like they're in the works. And, um, you know, there was a bit with Dave Filoni talking about how this Ahsoka series is something, the story he's telling is something he's had in his head for a while and, Um, what a strange journey it's been and that he would never have expected that the way he got to tell this story would be through like, you know, the character of Din and bringing Ahsoka, introducing live action Ahsoka through the Mandalorian and stuff. So I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to see how this all plays out. I mean, obviously I think it's going to be a while, a couple years before we see how it all plays out, but I do like the idea of the sort of Mando-related shows on Disney+. Plus, Sort of coming together in a big 
event to wrap it all up and I can't wait to see how they pull it off because I've been a big fan of the Mandalorian stuff so far and it's led to me getting uh, a Boba Fett show so I'm definitely not complaining so um, what do you say guys I've got some emails and some voicemails I need to catch up on and uh, why don't we do that why don't we do that and then we'll wrap this up Hey, if you want to send in a voicemail or an email to the show, it's easy enough. Just send it to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So just as, as a heads up, I'm recording this on like a Wednesday afternoon, not our normal Thursday recording. I know a lot of our regulars and other folks send in their voicemails or their emails Wednesday night or Thursday for the show. So if you send one in then, We'll hear you next week. I'm not ignoring you guys. I just don't want you guys to feel left out if you took the time to send one in. So let's kick this off. This one is from our buddy Josh Wright. Hello there, Haas and Will. Uh, This is your buddy Josh. Um, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And Haas, I hope you and your slightly less massive hog are recovering nicely (laughs) right now. Um, I want to thank you, Haas. Uh, for your courage um, in coming forward um, about this surgery. My wife has been begging me uh, to do the same thing for years, um, but I never had the heart. So I really appreciate you putting yourself forward as the face of big dick energy in America. Um, Thank you for your service. Um, I don't have um, a question so much as a bit of trivia. Um, I recently noticed another weird connection uh, between Star Wars and another franchise. Um, this franchise being PBS kids. So, um, Anna Cathart, who does the voice of Lop, uh, the English voice anyway, of Lop on, um, in the, uh, vision short Lop and Ocho, which I believe you talked about, uh, this week. She was also on a PBS kids show called Odd Squad, uh, where she played Agent Olympia. Um, it's kind of a math, um, um, meets the X-Files kind of show. It's uh, very clever, well-written. Anyway, um, she was on that show, which is one of my oldest kids' favorite uh, PBS kids' shows. And um, the other day when I was watching Curious George with my younger kid, um, 
I noticed um, in the credits, um, as as many people may know, Jim Cummings, um, who does the voice of Hondo on uh, Rebels and um, um, elsewhere, um, he does the voice of Chef Paschetti on Curious George. And then I also know Chef Paschetti's pet kitten, Gnocchi. Um, the kitten doesn't talk or anything, but it mews and whatnot. I noticed... Um, the kitten's voice was done by Mr. Clone himself, D. Bradley Baker. Um, so I thought that was an interesting bit of trivia there. Um, D. Bradley Baker may be the hardest working man in show business at this point. Um, all apologies to James Brown. So anyway, uh, like I said, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're recovering nicely. And as always, keeping it clean. May the force be with you. You know I keep it clean, buddy. Man, Will, I know, look, I know Will is never going to hear this because Will, like, you can't play this around your kids. You can't have Uncle Halls talking about the weird shit he's talking about in the background, right? But if Will, if you ever hear this, bro, you, I don't know why you had to start such a dubious lie. That's now a thing. Like, dear Lord, this sure has turned into something that I did not expect. And this one is 100% Will's fault. 100% Will's fault. There is no BDE, big dick energy, in this. Uh, this soul has no BDE. Let me assure you of that. So, Speaking of Will, you know who is really good at picking out? He's got like an uncanny ability to pick out voice actors. Um, when he and I were roommates, all the time I'd be playing a video game or something. He'd be like, I think that's the same voice actor that does Spike from Cowboy Bebop. And we'd look it up and sure enough it was. So Will has like the craziest ability to just hear no matter what voice they're doing a voice actor and pick them out and it does not surprise me that our old buddy d bradley baker is out and about um doing things besides just different clone voices that dude uh he's quite prolific i guess you could say um i actually have one now that I think I've sort of discovered um, uh, a Star Wars voice actor connection. Um, I'm trying to look it up. But in the video game, Halo Infinite, the newest Halo that's released, uh, they haven't released the campaign. They've released just the... Um, uh, the multiplayer, which is really good, by the way, like really, really good. Maybe the best. No, not maybe down hands down the best halo multiplayer in years. Uh, and in the multiplayer, you've got all these things you can customize like with your, uh, Spartan armor. And one of those things you can customize is your internal AI. Like you have this AI assistant, that sort of talks through you to you throughout the match. And there's a whole bunch of different ones that you can choose. And they've got different uh, sound effects, right? And uh, are different like um, 
not sound effects, but different personalities the AI do. And one of them is called fretful. So, you know, obviously, I think you can see like what kind of character he does. <clears throat> but to me, the voice of the fret AI sounds very similar to James Arnold Taylor. He of the questionable social media presence. Um, I'm looking on his IMDb right now to see if that is in fact him. Because every time I play and I hear that AI voice, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's James Arnold Taylor. Um, funnily enough, I'm replaying Final Fantasy X and he's the voice of the main character. I think that was like maybe his first uh, big voice acting role was playing Tidus in Final Fantasy X. And uh, let's just say old buddy's come a long way in his performance quality. Uh, and uh, he just needs to maybe get his social media shit under control. Um, so I'm looking and I don't see Halo Infinite on his list of credits. So maybe it's not him. Let me see if I can look up the cast and crew for Halo Infinite. Uh, right. Hold on. I'm gonna pause real quick. You don't guys need to just sit here and listen to me browse the internet. So I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Clearly, I am not as uh, talented as picking out voice actors as will. But the voice actor behind the fret AI is Robbie Damon. Let's see if Robbie's done any voice acting for Star Wars. Um, let's see. Robo Dog, Hidden Dragon, Halo Infinite, uh, Critical Role. I know, I know a lot of people are fans of that. Um, Scooby Doo and Guess Who, Lost Judgment. Oh, that's cool. That's one of the Yakuza games. He did some voices for the, one of the Yakuza spinoff games. Um, not seeing any Star Wars credits though. So. Interesting. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's so funny to me seeing when you when you see a Star Wars voice actor because I know, you know, for me personally, I know a, a lot of people aren't this way, but I connect so much stuff to Star Wars that when I see or hear somebody that I only know from Star Wars in something else, I'm like, what? What are you doing? But then, like somebody like Jim Cummings. The voice of Hondo, like, peace and love. I love Hondo. He's one of my favorite animated Star Wars characters. I don't even know that that makes, like, his top five biggest voices that he's ever done. Like, he does a lot of stuff. Doesn't Jim Cummings do the voice of fucking Winnie the Pooh or something? Oh, this episode is fucking great. Halls just sits and looks at IMDb. Um, yeah, our man Jim Cummings is like Darkwing Duck, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger. Like, my man has got a long and storied voice acting career. And that just happens to include playing Hondo. An amazing animated character. Who I think we'll see in live action one day. I don't know when, 
but I think we will. I, you got to imagine that Hondo will show up at some point because they made him such a big part of Galaxy's Edge, right? Clearly, they like that character. Adventure Time. He's got a lot of credits. Um, so, good on Jim Cummings. All right, let's see who we got next. Next up, we got our buddy Kobe, Mr. 100. Hey, Osmwill. It's your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. Uh, how's it hanging? Obviously clean, I'm hoping. You know um, This week, got another nice, easy, nice, easy one right down the plate for you. Um, so I've been, I was kind of bored as of late uh, working. I kind of, you know, I caught up on podcasts. I listened to all the music I wanted to listen to, yada, yada, yada. I was bored, needed something to quench my ear thirst, uh, if you will. And I was kind of going through some of my old downloads and I had, uh, back when I used to do my podcast with one of my buddies when we were both still in college, uh, I got about 30 episodes of those and I had a, a couple of them still downloaded on my Spotify. So I went back and I was listening and I listened to like my, uh, our second, our first episode was our predictions for Rise of Skywalker about a mo- week before the movie came out. And then our second episode was uh, our, our review. So I went and listened to our review. And we kind of, you know, we were talking about it, and we said that it was a top five Star Wars movie, uh, in, in both of our opinions. It was both in our top fives. And then I, you know, obviously I had just a jumble of different episodes, not in order. So then I went to one that was way towards the end of our our run, which was about a year ago, and we were kind of we were kind of shitting on it a little bit. And you know, this is only like a year after we had said it was a top five movie, so it got me thinking. Um, after all that, I was like, damn, I really flipped on that movie pretty hard in a, in a year. You know, I said it was a top five movie. Then a year later, I, I, I still hold that opinion. It's still probably one of my bottom Star Wars movies. Not that I don't like it. I, I definitely like it. I just, just definitely down my list. Um, so long story short, I just want to know now that we've had time to digest all the movies, it's been a couple years since the last one came out. Um, what is the the Star Wars movie that you have either of you have flipped on the hardest whether that be it used to be your favorite now it's your least favorite or you used to think it was really good now you don't think so much or or whatever whatever that may be maybe you thought it was bad now you like it whatever uh, just let me know which one you flipped on the hardest and 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 if you if you remember or if you know why why did you flip on it uh, why did you change your opinion so drastically? Um, as always, you guys are the best. Keep it clean. Have a good one. Oh, this is an interesting question. So Kobe, what he's describing is, without the flipping on it part, like kind of how I come out of every new Star Wars movie, right? Like the first time I go see a new Star Wars movie, I come out and it is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm just so excited to see a new Star Wars movie. I've been lucky to where I've never gone to see a new Star Wars movie and hated it. Uh, you know, it could happen. Not saying it it's impossible, but luckily enough, it's not something that's ever come up. Um, but have I ever flipped on one? Obviously, you know, after spending... A lot of time with a Star Wars movie, watching it a bunch. You know, my opinion can definitely change. <clears throat> um, 
you know, I think during the prequel era, I definitely got caught up in the, oh, Attack of the Clones is way better than the Phantom Menace hype that sort of happened. Um, you know, I think that was something I definitely fell into and felt at the time, whereas now I don't really feel that way. I actually prefer the Phantom Menace to Attack of the Clones. I'm not a big fan of ranking Star Wars movies because, honestly, at this point, it just seems like an excuse for people to get in a fight about Star Wars or, you know, parade around their self perceived Star Wars fan superiority. But, you know, I definitely have my favorites and the ones I don't like as much. And Attack of the Clones is pretty far down that list. That being said, still watch Attack of the Clones, still enjoy Attack of the Clones, but in the grand scheme of Star Wars, not my favorite. So I would say the the duo, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones combination, are the two that I've flipped on the most, where, you know, there would definitely be a time when I think I probably would have described... Revenge of the Sith as my favorite prequel movie. And some days that's probably still the case. But I've really started to enjoy and respect The Phantom Menace a lot more as I've gone on. You got the character uh, character of Qui-Gon that's so awesome. Like I feel like of the prequel movies, something about it just has the most Star Wars feel like familiar Star Wars feel to it in some weird way. And I think a lot of that <coughs> comes about like of the three movies, it's definitely the one that used the most practical effects and physical models and stuff. I know they all did. And, you know, I feel, I feel like it's kind of reductive towards the prequels to just say like, Oh, they're nothing but CGI when, you know, there was a lot of, handcrafted uh, practical work that went into those movies. But I think you can watch The Phantom Menace compared to the other two prequels and see just a level more of physical props and stuff. And, you know, after The Phantom Menace, uh, George Lucas shot Attack of the Clones digitally. Like, I think it was the first big movie to be filmed completely digitally. Um, and I think that does affect sort of the look and feel of those last two movies. So just something about the physical nature of the Phantom Menace has really started to appeal to me. I think it's got a ripper of a soundtrack, like, you know, obviously Duel of the Fates is an undisputed classic in the Star Wars discography. So that definitely helps. You know, you get Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, like I said, I feel like the pacing is pretty good. Granted, nowadays, when you watch it, that the pod race has like that extra lap in it, which is cool, but damn, that pod race is fucking long. <laughs> and, you know, not hating on the pod, ca- pod race necessarily, but I don't need know that it needs the full second lap or whatever that is. So, 
for me personally, I would say my opinion of Attack of the Clones has gone down quite a bit since I initially saw it. And my opinion of Phantom Menace was always pretty high after seeing it. And then it fell a little bit and now it started to rise again. Um, I don't think I've had enough time with the sequel trilogy or the standoff movie, or the standalone movies, Rogue One and Solo. Just personally, I don't think I've had enough time <clears throat> to really figure out um, my full feelings on them. You know, I love the sequel trilogy, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like, as a whole, I really enjoy the story it told. There's definitely decisions and things that I wish had gone differently. Um, but as a whole, I love the characters. Like, that was always, you can go back and listen to early episodes of Blue Harvest. And my main concern was, like, can they nail introducing new characters to us? If they can get that right for me and give us characters that I really connect with and enjoy, then that's a big step in me liking this new trilogy. And for me, they did that. I really like Finn. I really like Ray. I really like Poe. I really like Rose. So on and so forth. So. You know, that um, that definitely helped. Um, I still think, you know, the sequel trilogy's got some of the stronger acting in the Star Wars saga. Um, but yeah, you know, I can't really say. I would say I've cooled. I've definitely cooled some on The Rise of Skywalker. I feel like Rise of Skywalker, like, I came out of that movie like a bit woozy, like, whoa, what just happened? Like I enjoyed it, but it was just so much. And, and like the pacing is so rapid fire, especially there at the beginning. And like, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, and I've definitely cooled. Like I, you know, there's a lot of the, a lot of the issues that people have with the rise of Skywalker, I understand. And some of those issues that I understand, I even agree with. Um, it's by no means a perfect movie, but it's a movie I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know where I'd rank it. I know the last Jedi is very high. I know the last Jedi is very high. The force awakens is really high. And I think, when it all came comes down to it, I think The Rise of Skywalker would probably be middle-ish. There's definitely ones I enjoy less. Definitely ones I enjoy more. Thanks for the voicemail, Kobe. All right, next up we've got uh email from Colin who called in last week about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, by the way, since that episode, I've had so many people reaching out with King Gizzard recommendations, uh, and I've started to dive in a little bit, and I'm liking what I'm hearing. Uh, so shout out to Noah, who hit me up. Uh, shout out to Turbo, who hit me up. Our buddy Steve, uh, that I do high potion with, also hit me up. So this is what Colin says. He says, yo, Halls, here's a new voicemail and some King Giz album recos infest the rat's nest. That's the one that my buddy Steve in, uh, recommended. Nonagon Infinity, Butterfly Three Thousand, and Polygon Wanalana something. Best, Colin. All right, buddy. I'm gonna add that to the list. 
everything else, everybody's been telling me to check out. So we'll see how it goes. Let's hear his voicemail. Hey, Haas and Will. It's your boy Colette Colin here, uh, calling in with my second ever voicemail. Uh, first of all, Haas, I want to say congratulations on the successful surgery, uh, getting your uh, new knee rockets and that dick reduction. You know, uh, pretty awesome getting a two for one on the surgery. And, uh, you know, on the down low, it's probably a lot easier to keep it clean down there after the reduction. Not trying to say, you know, you had any trouble doing that, you know, keeping it clean. I'm just saying with the reduction, probably just frees up a lot of time for you now, man, to, to do other things. Oh, and um, good for you guys, both of you guys on taking some time off and spend time with the family. You know, don't worry about us, you know, <laughs> idiots calling in for the first time, you know, having panic attacks when the podcast doesn't drop. But, you know, uh, worse things have happened. So, uh, to jump in on kind of the topics we were touching on, on my last one, uh, Haas, uh, I got a couple of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard recommendations for you. Um, I loved hearing what you guys had to say about them last time. Uh, and Haas, your response when you looked at their Spotify page is pretty much the typical new listen listener response is, holy shit, that's a lot of albums, where the hell do I start? And so that's kind of the opposite of your favorite band, Haas Tool, which, you know, you're going to wait, you know, maybe a decade or more for a new album. So a bit different, but, you know, it comes with its ups and downs and the downs being you kind of don't know where to start and it's pretty scary to jump into. All right. So that brings me to my recommendations here for you. So Haas, I know you love Tool. Uh, one of the things I remember early on when I started listening is you guys talking about the sword. I really enjoy the sword, seen him a couple of times live. Um, so I know you guys are, you know y'all are into the metal side of things. So my, uh, first recommendation for an album for you is infest the rat's nest. That's their just true kick-ass metal album. Uh, a lot of inspiration from stuff like Motorhead, uh, Black Sabbath, you got some like sludgy doom stuff in there as well. It's fantastic, and I think it's really gonna, you know, hit you in the in those metally feels, I guess. Um, next one for recommendations, Nonagon Infinity. I think that's one of their just uh, most quintessential King Giz albums. It's uh, kind of their really the the core of their sound, I feel like, and it's just a really really dope album. Uh, with both of those Infest the Rat's Nest and Nanagon Infinity, those both really play into the whole Gizverse thing. Um, it's not quite what uh, Will was thinking it was uh, on last week's show, where each album really builds upon the last and it's one continuous story. It's more like, you know, um, cryptic connections between albums and um, thematic uh, connections and a few different kind of things. And it's, you know kind of up to your own interpretation whether uh how much these uh albums actually connect and how they uh interplay off each other uh but for infest the rats infest the rat's nest the metal album um it is a concept album it's about the kind of the eco death of the earth and humanity um venturing off into space um and there's some really kind of interesting things going on in that album but i'll leave it to your listening for you to dig into that and figure that one out um, the last album I want to recommend for you guys is uh, Butterfly 3000. It's one of their newer ones. Um, well, it's the newest one, sorry. And it's like this, 
you know, chill, dream poppy, shoegazy kind of album. So if you're not quite into the metal kind of thing, um, this is kind of the opposite end of their spectrum. So you get a good uh, look at both sides there. Um, oh, I guess to give you my favorite album too, my favorite of theirs is Polygon to Wanna Land. Uh, really tough and weird to say, but it's this really cool kind of uh, 70s prog rock inspired album with, you know, uh, flutes and all kinds of weird stuff. Um, but that, you know, is enough for King Gizzard and talking about non-Star Wars stuff. So let me jump into um, a couple of Star Wars related things. Um, so recently I've gotten back into building Star Wars Lego sets. Um, you know, something I did a bunch as a kid. Um, I was at the per What's going on? Why did his voicemail stop? I'm trying to hear my man talk about Lego here. What the fuck? Oh my god, technical difficulties. Hey, Haas and Will. It's your boy, Cl You know, something I go. did a bunch as a kid. Um, I was at the perfect age when they first started releasing uh, the Star Wars Lego lines back in 99. So I, have, I had the original X-Wing. I had uh, a few other sets from that original line, including the, the duel with um, Darth Maul and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, and a bunch of other things. And I recently was able to go back to my parents' house, pick up all those old Legos, and mix them in with my uh, current collection of a, a few different sets that I've bought in the past year or so. Um, so my question to you guys is, is I know you, I've heard you guys talk a lot about, you know, uh, Black Series figures and the Hot Toys um, I've heard you mention Legos maybe once or twice, but you know, what are both your guys' thoughts on Star Wars Lego? What's your experience? You know, I want to hear from you guys what you guys think about that. And is there anything, you know, doesn't quite have to be Star Wars related, but did you have any hobbies that you had growing up that you kind of grew out of or, you know, thought were kitty stuff or you were too cool to do that you've gotten back into as an adult? Uh, anyways, guys, appreciate the awesome podcast apologize for the much longer email this time uh holy moly and uh ignite the green and keep it clean bye so uh sorry about the uh, little technical difficulty there where your voicemail stopped so i enjoy star wars lego i think star wars and lego is like the perfect mix of license um maybe that's just because i'm such a massive star wars fan but I remember when they they got the Lego, or when Lego got the Star Wars license, I was like, this is fucking perfect. I remember as a kid, you know, having just a, a bin of random Lego that I would try to Frankenstein into Star Wars ships and stuff to not great effect. I'm definitely not a Lego master by any means. Um, but I think they're really cool. The issue with me in Lego is a couple of things. First off, display room. You know, I, in the house that we're in currently, not a lot of display options for Star Wars Lego pieces. You know, hopefully before too, too long, Jesse and I will be looking at buying a house. And when that comes about, you know, the idea is for me to have either sort of a basement that I can have my Star Wars stuff displayed in and also a dedicated 
podcast recording area or at the very least some sort of collection room that I can also use as a podcast recording room. Now, and when that happens, I'll definitely uh, be more inclined to picking up some Star Wars Lego sets. Currently, the only Star Wars Lego I have on display is the uh, the giant Slave One, the Ultimate Collector Series Slave One that um, my sister and brother-in-law got me for Christmas a couple years ago. That thing was a beast, and in a way, broke me from getting any Star Wars Lego for a while because <clears throat> I got that for Christmas, right? And a couple days after Christmas, I had some free time on a Saturday. Jesse was at work, and I said, you know what? It's time to put this thing together, thinking it might take me, I don't know, three or four hours to put that giant slave one together. I should mention it had been years since I had done any sort of Lego building. So I get everything set up, get my bags out, and I start putting it together. And it becomes very evident to me quickly that putting this together by myself is not going to be a three or four hour uh, endeavor. It's going to be quite longer, probably double. And then the other thing you have to think about when it comes to my specific uh, setup is I'm putting this together on my kitchen table. There is no leaving an unfinished Lego project on the kitchen table because the cats will destroy it. And it be that, you know, jumping up on the table and knocking pieces everywhere, they're lost or whatever it may be. So once the project got started, it had to be finished. So I had to sit there for probably eight hours putting that slave one together and what started as a very pleasant process ended with me being like my fingers hurt from snapping legos in and making stupid mistakes like putting pieces in the wrong place reading the instructions and stuff jesse comes home from work and she's like oh you're building lego let me help so thankfully the last couple of hours i had help with it but after that process and granted it's a giant lego set um after that process, I was like, I think I'm good on Star Wars Lego for a little while. Uh, there's definitely ones I would like to get uh, for the collection if I had the space. You know, I think Darth Vader's castle is very cool. I think our buddy Chris Fresh from the Geek Dudes has that one. Of course, I'd love a Razor Crest. I think that new Ultimate Collector Series AT-AT that they put out is stunning looking. The giant Millennium Falcon that they did is amazing, but it's all a matter of space. Um, but one day, one day I would like to uh, put those all together. And as far as like childhood hobbies that I had that I put away for a while, I'm not really having one that pops into my head currently. Um... I definitely had some Lego as a kid and, you know, I stepped away from Lego, but it was never because I was like, ah, this is, I'm too cool for this or I'm too old for this. You know, when, when I went, went off to college, I didn't really have the cash to spend on Lego, um, or the space, you know, living in a college apartment. Um, you know, I don't know. Most of the stuff that I 
have taken on as a hobby, be it Lego or Gundam building or miniature painting or anything like that, sort of gets pushed aside more because of time than interest. Um, and all three of those things are something I would love to do more of uh, if I had the time and the space to the space to display the finished project. I've really, really been wanting to pick up a Gundam and build it lately. Um, so I have a feeling that'll probably be the next thing I do eventually because I really enjoy that. It's kind of like Lego, but a little more involved. Uh, but thanks for the voicemail and the recommendations, buddy. I will, uh, when I have a chance to fully dip my toe into the king, the Gizaverse, I guess as it's known, I'll report back and tell you how I like it. But the little bit of exploration I've done so far since your last voicemail, I've dug. <clears throat> All right, we got one email and then we'll wrap it up. This is from Hannah. Hannah says, hi, Halls and Will. Hope you both had a good Thanksgiving. Halls, hope you're recovering quick from your knee surgery. Maybe you already covered this, but you, did you see the story about J.J. Abrams making a sequel to the sequel trilogy in show form? It's clickbaity, but my gravy-laden brain saw this the morning after Thanksgiving and short-circuited. This has to be a rumor, but all cringeworthiness aside, what would you want to see in a post The Rise of Skywalker show? My obvious answer is Jedi Finn training with Rey and so on. P.S. I've got some good raccoon picks for Halls. Turns out I can communicate with them if I feed them the right snacks. Hannah, yeah, send over those ra raccoon pictures i would definitely like to see them and also let me know what snacks they prefer uh, i've heard pringles from our friend kimberly sterling she said they like pringles like plain pringles i just gotta know let me know what snacks i need to use to lure in raccoon friends so i saw this rumor about not necessarily solely jj abrams producing a sequel show um, but more more Bad Robot, his production company, obviously he would probably be involved in some capacity if his production company is is doing it. But I saw those rumors and given the source, I was like, eh, I don't really know if that's worth getting into. It didn't seem like the most reliable source. I have always said I think it's inevitable that we do see these characters again and I love the idea of a sequel trilogy follow-up of some sort like eventually I would like those characters to continue on in another trilogy that would be my ultimate sort of dream outcome uh where maybe they even pass on the torch to the next generation of characters who can continue on these stories but in the meantime, if they want to do a show or a couple of shows uh, in between, you know, a potential episode 10, 11, and 12, um, and the end of episode 9, I could really be into that. And I think, like you said, one of the main things I would like to see is Finn training and getting a handle on his Force abilities. Um, I think that would be really great. I also would like to see just in general, Ray, uh, rebuilding the Jedi order. I think that could be really cool. I'm always down with more Ray. Um, 
And besides that, I just want to see these characters come back. Like, what would the, you know, <laughs> honestly, with Finn, um, besides his training as a Jedi, I think another story thread you could explore that felt kind of left on the table with a sequel trilogy is him uh, rescuing or rehabilitating former First Order troops or helping them, you know, come back to the light side, as it were. Um, you know, I think there's plenty out there to that you could do that could be a lot of fun. And I think it's only a matter of time. I don't know if that will be a show or if it'll be another trilogy or whatever it is. But uh, I hope I'm just around to see it. Don't take too long, guys, because I want to see whatever it is. But uh, that I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, sorry, guys, about the solo show. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> I didn't make it too painful for you guys. Uh, next week, Will will be back. We'll be talking about Akakiri, the last of the Star Wars Visions shorts, and whatever else comes up. Um, and then... Not too long after that, it's Book of Boba Fett time. So things are about to ramp up and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, if you like the band that was kind enough to provide the music for our theme song, uh, you should check them out. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. Check out the High Potion podcast with me and my buddy Steve talking all things video games. It's a lot of fun. And uh, don't forget, follow us on the Wisdom app and check us out this Sunday, December 5th at 1 p.m. Central. That's 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern. And until next week when thankfully Will will be back. Uh, this has been Halls Burkhart for Blue Harvest. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with us.